compared to last year, it was an A plus. Uh, <laughs> compared to like, I don't think. I mean that, which is not saying a whole lot because I don't think the track could have gotten any possible, like any worse than last year. So, um, we've. Ra- I mean, I've rode SAC many times. So, as far as like best Sacramento compared to worst Sacramento I've ever raced, I would say it was average. Uh, Episode 138, Tank Slapping Podcast. As you've noticed, well, maybe it's, I don't know the order of how we're posting these, but episode 137 was a video podcast interview that I personally did with Brandon Posh, two-time Daytona 200 winner. So I'm excited for that release, but we got Sack Rewind, baby. I got my my co-host, Eric, on the other side of the mic. Let's talk Sack, brother. What's good? Yeah, no, that was uh that was a great um great event, good lines. Um I mean the bar was set pretty low last year, uh be honest. I'll call that hot shot or that hot take out there right there, but uh this year was good. A lot of great racing. Uh, super excited to kick off uh you know this next stretch of miles. Next stretch of miles. Yeah, yeah, we got some coming up, right? We got Red Mile and what's after Red Mile? The coin. Yeah. We'll get into everything that we personally saw from Sack Mile. I was I'm not gonna lie, I was actually at the track myself. I was up at Square Deal doing some riding, riding with crews. I testing a bunch of bikes. I there's a track up there in New York. It's called Square Deal. Most of you guys probably heard of it, but I haven't really had time in my career to go up there. I've always been busy racing, traveling, and I want to go up there. They have a few cup races up there in the summer that I want to go up and and try to do well out. So I was doing that, but I was, I had the phone out. I was watching the, watching the coverage, coaching the boys. And then obviously on the way home, we, uh, we watched the main events on the, on the dashboard. And so, yeah, it's going to be fun. I want to make sure we shout out the sponsor of the podcast, Mission Foods. Stoked to have them supporting what we do week in and week out. They keep us going. If you can support them, buy their products. They're doing so much for racing, Mr. G and, Satish and everybody, John, they're big fans of the sport and they're so much fun to work with and just passionate, passionate people. Like they live the sport. They love flat track. Mr. G grew up racing a bull taco in, in Mexico. So, and he's just a big fan of the sport. We're really grateful to have a uh, sport of mission foods. Let's get into it, Eric. As every rewind show, we try to talk about track prep and the track a little bit. And Sac mile is a very historic racetrack. It's got to be up there right after you could make the argument with the Limas, the Peorias, the Springfield miles sack has been around for a very long time. You know, the nineties, you go back, you watch footage of Parker and Chris Carr and all the greats from, you know, the camel pro days racing on that racetrack. It's super historic. Generally speaking, the track's usually pretty good. Um, last year it was not good. It was pretty bad. Honestly, it was shitty. And this year, man, I think, I think they did a decent job with it. What what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I I don't know the specifics of what happened last year compared to this year, but um again, always from the stand pam uh, the the fan standpoint, it seemed as if the move of uh, having the Sacramento California round 
earlier in the season when it's not 130 fucking degrees outside was the right call. They would put the water down. The moisture would stick around for a bit. It was able to come up later in the evening. Um, so if that had a, a hand in why the track was better, uh, you know, kudos to, um, you know, the AFT folks for uh, making that call and putting the the round earlier in the season. Um, I know it was probably uh, tough for a lot of the uh, the riders to, you know, try and navigate now having two West Coast swings. But I think, again, uh, the fans um, and the spectators really enjoyed, uh, you know, the race and the the track. So good, good call. Yeah. And, you know, usually sack, it gets, it gets a lot of grip in practice when there's a groove, it gets abrasive. And I think adding a second practice session that they did, they added two instead of the usual one, that was a good move to try and get the groove laid out. And that's the thing, man, like you watch, you see some of these comments online, they're like, Oh, it's a, <laughs> some of the fans are just, Oh, it's a single fall groove. There's no passing. Like, what do you mean? You can pass every straightaway. You just draft by a guy in front of you. So that typically like the track has to get quote unquote shitty for it to get better. Like there needs to be a session where it's kind of forming a groove, but it's in between skittery sand and groove. And the first practice out, it's the track's really fun. I mean, it's like a wet sand cush kind of, but then yeah. it, it needs to almost get a groove because it's just way it's, it's for me, I feel like it's easier to, to prep the track when it has a hard base there's actually better passing when there's a groove. I think you can roll people in the corner a little bit more like turn three. Exactly. It kind of widens and you can roll in. Otherwise it's just, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where it just doesn't, it's just not as good of a track. These sandy, these sandy miles, uh, unless it's like OKC where there's good cushion and you can prep it as a cush, but sack is just, there's not enough material to prep it a cush. So it has to groove up. Yeah. So. And I, and I also, I think one of the great characteristics of Sacramento mile is that long straightaway to the start finish line. And when you look at um, the riders that did pretty well, if you look up their setup, they were just, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of, in terms of just being um, smooth in the corner and just rocketing out of corner four. And they were, you know, there was times where riders were doing double draft pass down the straightaway. And I agree with you that, you do want the Sacramento mile to groove up like that. You just roll through and shoot down the straightaway and it, it's great uh, racing and lines. And not every mile is going to be Springfield where you're high, wide and handsome crossed up, you know, going hundred plus miles an hour. The characteristics of the Sacramento mile is that straightaway. So um, they leaned into it. It was great prep. It was a good, uh, it was a good race. Yeah. And for fans listening to the who the, who have listened to the podcast over the years, they know that I'm not super big on the uh, putting a cone out to make the groove wider. I th I almost never think that works. It's it's a good idea. And people automatically go to that. Let's put a cone out. Let's make the groove wider. The, the problem with that is, is when you take the cone up and you push it off the racing line, you are making your racing line groove less good because you're taking rubber off it and then you have the groove up top that you do for one session and it never really develops a groove to where it's rideable like it starts to like brush off but it doesn't get black and abrasive to where it's useful so then you move the cones back down then you have a groove high you have a shitty like little line of dust where the cones were sitting and then you have the original groove like my my thought is always let the groove naturally form, let the riders naturally make it wider and don't mess around with 
above the groove because then when you go to water above the groove there's not as um as much material to bite yeah. the water so it's the cone thing i'm i firmly believe it does not work it might work one so, out of every 50 times but you really got to put in like if you left the cones out for three practice sessions then maybe but we don't ever what do you think about when labs. they do the uh when they just use the paint where it's just more of a uh hey we noticed this what do you think like there's just kind of like a uh a, a you know kind of a guidance of hey let's let's maybe try to go a little bit wider where there's not the cones where you could fucking run over them but what do you think well the that? thing is when they put paint out we never really move back below the paint like the paint is always there okay. at the beginning of the day so like evolution will run a groove the first day and then uh the second day morehead will put up a, a paint line in the corners and then we'll just run above that line and have a different groove, but we never like, you know, oh. stay above the line, you know, you know what I mean? And then drop back down. It's pretty much, that's the line we're going to use. It's more mainly reference points. If the track's soft okay. or, you know, we, he, they try to do that just to let us know where the good racing dirt is without, you know, unless it's, mm. if, if it's not graded properly where you can see where to go, they, they have those white, that white paint to kind of guide you, but I don't think that's a bad move when they do that, but kind of not the same as what I'm talking about. Uh, okay. But yeah, overall, well, I just think, yeah, it was great to see Moorhead uh, back in the sweeper. You know, it's <laughs> been, it's been a while, uh, but kudos to see him back out on the track. You ever see that kid in like the classroom, his like veins are sticking out of his head. That's Moorhead after two <laughs> weeks of not using the sweeper. <laughs> it's like, yeah, wants to get back in the sweeper. <laughs> Uh, honestly, people give Moorhead shit for the sweeper, but I think a, a lot of the time he uses it, it's actually beneficial. Uh, sometimes it, it's not like where it's wet and they'll like dry the track up with the sweeper, but more times than not, Steve does a, a really good job sweeping and getting the, getting the, the bullshit off the groove or whatever. But yeah, I thought that was, uh, that was pretty funny. He was probably itching to get on that sucker, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would say the track was, was pretty good. It, you know, it was, it was definitely better than last year, but it also like, I've seen it better and a lot of things play into that weather and whatever, whatever, you know, but they, they did a better job with, uh, with the track this year for sure. And I don't think any of the tracks have been like horrific. I'm trying to think if any of them have been like real bad, but, um, I wouldn't say we've had any standout tracks minus like Sonoya was really cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess Texas was okay, but yeah, just they're doing okay. Like they're not doing bad with tracks this year, but um, nope, nope. so yeah. as so we can uh, keep tally all year long and go back over. What would you get? What what what's your grade if you had to put in the books? What's the grade for the track this year? Uh, Sack. I, I mean, I, without me riding that track, I love that track. When that track's good, it's one of my favorite tracks. So. Yeah. I would say when we were there in 2021, it was like an A minus. It was, it was really fast. Uh, mm -hmm. For instance, I was running, I think I did a 36 two in the main event, the second day in 2021. And I'm looking here in the main event for, this is a singles, my bad. Let me just jump to the, yeah, they did a 37 seven. So I was a second and ah, a half. I'm just amazing. so much faster <laughs> Jared than, than Jared Mees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that's proof in the pudding. That's what people on Facebook <laughs> would probably just assume. Oh, the singles are just better riders because their lap times are better. It's like, okay, it's the short track, but, uh, 
I don't know. I'd give it a B minus. Like I thought they did a pretty good job. I don't, I don't think it was, it wasn't the best, but it was, it was good. Like it was good. It was racy and it was entertaining. Mm -hmm. Like it was good overall, good track. I guess we'll get into these singles results first, Eric. Uh, let me bring up the notes here while I'm doing that. I want to shout out bell power sports, check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. As always, if you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by bell. Uh, we're just going to jot through these main event, the main event. We don't really need to talk too much about the heat races and qualifiers, et cetera. Nothing really stood out too much on that. I guess we'll, uh, let's the just... one, the one thing that I will say is we just mentioned him in the last, uh, rewind and he shot back up, uh, again earlier in the day. So I got to give a shout out to Travis Petten. Um, yeah, that was, that was cool to see. It was just like, you know, he was fresh in my mind cause we just done the rewind and then bam, he was right up there earlier in the day. So that was my one takeaway from, uh, earlier on in the day that and Shana's engine problems, but yeah, I was bummed to, to hear that. I didn't, I was wondering why she didn't get times and my wife, Amber, she texted my mom and we got some, uh, insider knowledge that she just blew up. They, they had a mechanical. So before she even got on the track, so that was a bummer. She, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, but yeah, overall the qualifiers, nothing, nothing really surprised me too much. Uh, the biggest thing with mile racing is practicing and qualifying on a mile is a different sport almost than racing on a mile. I mean, it's, to be fast and qualifying on a mile, it's just so different than actually racing and being fast. So that's something I maybe we'll talk about through these to, yeah, through these results as we get into it. We do have Chad Coast calling in. He's actually on um, in the airport, getting ready to hit a flight. But I'm like, bro, you got to call in. So he's gonna call in before he hits a flight. We'll we'll get to that after these um, after these results. We'll jot through these singles results. But Tom Drain, man, Tom Drain, I. Going into the year, Eric, there was a lot of expectations and pressure put on Tom Drain, and people were talking championships. People were, I mean, putting a lot of pressure on the damn kid. He only ever did one AFT race, and uh, yeah. big fan of Tom. I've probably watched Tom ride more, which isn't a lot, but more than almost anybody else here because I was at Amateur Nationals a few years. No, he's super talented. Uh, this did not surprise me at all. I think I I have him at two or three wins for this year. He could surprise me and get more, honestly, because he looked really good. But I also knew he'd have some growing pains and some races where he needed to kind of navigate the the tracks, the new motorcycle. But all day long, he was dominant. I mean, he really was the guy to beat. He fast qualified, won the heat, won the dash, and won the main. And there was a moment in the main, I think it was the main, where he got shuffled back to fifth or sixth. Yeah. Early on, he like blew the groove and I was curious how that would be for him. And he just like shot right back out. He, he controlled the race. The bike was really fast. He has, doesn't have mile experience, but he's, he's a road racer. He, that, which really helps with drafting. You can tell his maneuvers that he's a road racer. The way he drafts is different than most just standard flat trackers draft. And yeah, big shout out to Tom, his dad. So they're uh, I'm big fans of uh, the Drain family. More so his dad. No offense, Tom. Your dad's the, your dad's the man. His but dad's awesome. <laughs> props on the win for sure, dude. So I think too, if you because um, you you'll see a lot of the rookies and triple digits that ended up making this main event. And I think um, one thing that I kind of thought in my head was is. 
Tom seemed to have been able to get over the fact that he was going at top speeds, his bike, obviously the essence and folks put a great bike together, but when you do these miles and, and you can get past the fact that you're going so fast and there's so much danger involved, you do have more time to maneuver your bike around. And, you know, one thing it seems this season is he's had a lot of growing pains and learning the bike, but this was, you know, one of the first times where he had more time to sit and think and, and, um, you know, navigate how he was going to get around the track versus short tracks, um, that we've done this first leg of the season where you're, you know, he's smaller, you got to manhandle that bike around. Um, so you could really see, uh, a sense of, um, you know, confidence and, and how he was acting. And I think it just comes down to having more time on these miles. You know, everybody's like, Oh, miles are so scary. Yeah, they are, but you do have more time. And so I think as someone who's a, you know, not, not a rookie, but this is his first full season. Um, I just think it showed that, okay, he, everything slowed down for him. So you really saw his racecraft come up. Yeah, and the only thing I want to give Tom shit about is, bro, act, act fucking excited for winning the race. Like, you just won your first AFT race, and he was just kind of, oh, like, it's okay, man. Be excited, <laughs> dude. You just came over here from another planet, essentially, 80 million thousand miles where kangaroos literally run amok. You come over here to America, <laughs> and you win this race, the Sacramento Mile, and he just wasn't that excited, Tom. So, like these wins are hard to come by. It may not seem that way for you because you've already, you're already winning your first full year, but enjoy these wins, dude. Like soak it up. I'm all for like all about business and moving on to the next race, but also try to take in these moments. Uh, all these kids, honestly, like you only get the race for so long and, and then it's over. So well, it, enjoy it. <laughs> so you mean I'm, I'm, I'm the conspiracy theory guy. So there's, here's my conspiracy theory. You got Dallas Daniels and Tob Drain. Are they both robots? I just want to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a good argument how fast they are and and kind of the the lack of emotion. But hey, man, everybody's got different personalities. But kudos to them. Kudos to Essenson. They've been kind of struggling this year, so it's cool for them to to get the win. Trent Lowe, moving on, to my boy Trent. I thought he did everything right in setting up that race to win. I was yelling at him on the backstretch. Don't pass him. Don't pass him. Don't pass him on the last lap. Try to get the runoff four because Tom had no issues drafting by anybody going to the stripe. And I thought Trent's only chance was to follow him off turn four. And when he came off turn four, I felt maybe I'm dropping knowledge. I shouldn't talk about on the pod, but fuck it. Um, I felt like he waited us. He waited slightly too long to decide if he was going to go high or low. Typically, most riders draft, I would say 80% of the time, maybe even 90%, they go, they draft underneath the rider. And Tom did a really good job at plugging that up. And Trent, he went high, but I feel like he thought about it too long. He he was going to go low, and then he he just pulled out a little too late. But honestly, from the camera angle, I was like yelling, check the camera, because sometimes the transponder, like in Moto America, it's a good example where – um, there's a lot of times where riders win on the transponder, but they don't win because the, the brackets are positioned in different, different locations on the bike. And, yeah. uh, I thought it looked like Trent won, but then I looked again, I'm like, all right, you know, it's, it was pretty close. So, uh, so zero, the, the takeaway is 5,000 of a second. That's, 
Yeah. It's so the crazy. the takeaway is uh, Corey thinks that Trent uh, pulls out too early. He's got weak pullout game. He does no. probably have weak pullout game. We'll have to get Shelby on the phone and ask her. But <laughs> nah, man. I mean, yeah. I was I was proud of him. That was uh, Trent. Sometimes thinks with his throttle and not with his brain. And I thought he rode really, really well. He rode really smart. And yeah, kudos to the team. The team obviously yep. Sadhoff did well. He did well. Also, Chase is he's crushing it this year. He's he's yeah. really he's really aggressive. Uh, he didn't do anything. I, I didn't think over the top or anything that was sketchy. He's just, he just no, puts yeah. it in there, man. No, he rides well. And I've known chase a long time and he's a gamer. Like he's going to be there. He's going to be tough every weekend. And I think that's his first mile podium. If I'm not wrong. I don't know. I think it's his first mile podium. So that's cool. It's uh, it's interesting too. mile mile racing is usually a, a veteran game and you have drain and chase, uh, on the podium with Trent, you know, so that was, that was, uh, really cool to see. Uh, Eric, yeah, no, you want to take, take, yeah. do your take on that and then go on the fourth, fifth. Yeah. The, like, and I say this to anybody that asks about chase, what I have so much respect for is yes, he is aggressive. Um, but when he takes that helmet off, everything goes away and he's so young and I just think it's a characteristic that, um, you know, his folks and his team have done a great job instilling in him. And um, you just want to see that more in the sport. As soon as the helmet goes on or comes off, um, he just he's back to being chase. And um, I hope other, you know, people that are getting into the sport coming up through the ranks uh, can grasp onto that, 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 that is a skill set that should be celebrated within our sport. So, um, you know, hats off to chase for, you know, uh, you know, a string of great results here, but then also as a person, just taking that helmet off and just going right back to being a kid from Hillsborough, Illinois. Yeah. Moving on, Chad, Chad Coase. I, I told a few, few people this week, uh, don't sleep on these Huskies. Obviously I'm, I'm involved yeah. with that team. And I know the work that Paul Ott and everybody has put into these motorcycles, Colico with the exhaust, want to give him a shout out and just everybody who has contributed to the, to the Husky 450. There's, there's really no other Huskies out there and we don't have any sort of manufacturer support or insight. Um, we're just kind of doing our own thing and, I was very impressed with the bike and Chad, man. I was super pumped for him. I thought he had a shot. I think we're a little bit down. I don't think it's, I don't think we're far off. And, you know, the Hondas and Essenson bikes, they've been, they've been building these motorcycles for years and we're right there, uh, fresh out of the box with this 23 Husky where we can barely even get parts for this thing. Um, I think it's extremely underrated what Paul was able to do with the mile package and, Chatty got his best finish of the, of the year with a fourth. And then I'll talk about fifth Dalton. And then I'll let you chime in. Dalton was really impressive. He, he looked a little off earlier on the day. He turned it around. I think he threw a chain in one of the qualifying races, came back, won the LCQ, which is really impressive. It was, yeah. there was a moment yeah. in the LCQ where he was like yelling at other riders too, or I, it looked like he was yelling at somebody like put his hands up or something and walked his way to the, to the win. And then, made great position and, and, you know, it just, he, it looked like he was going to lose points to Cody at this race and he turned it around and freaking got fit. <laughs> he gained points. So 
really yeah, good he, job for them. Yeah. So you kind of been talking about all year, like the mindset of Dalton. And I think that um, you saw it at Sacramento mile is when Dalton is focused and, you know, he had to overcome a lot uh, earlier on in the day, but like between the LCQ and how he finished in this main was just like a statement. It's like, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Like (laughs) I was rooting for Dalton. I kept seeing him climbing and climbing and climbing like, hell yeah, let's go. Yep. Moving on to Trevor. I thought he had a really good shot. Obviously he's won Sacramento a few times. Uh, got bounced around there. He blew the groove, ended up with a sixth. I'm sure he's not super happy about that, but not a bad result. I mean, I'm, I know they want more. Like I said, Essenson, they've just been struggling a little bit. Not Nothing horrific, but I know they want to win races, and they just uh, th- you know, they just haven't been there yet. But Trevor had a solid result, sixth. Uh, going into Max Whale, at, Max was seventh. Cody was tenth. I thought those bikes looked looked way off. I mean, they did not look yeah, fast at all. They did. <laughs> um, for a nope. factory team, you know, they they there's a lot of rules they have to, or a lot of, not a lot of rules, uh, but a lot of procedures that a factory team and they have a lot more things they have to jump through. They have to, you know, they can't be as creative as these other teams are. Uh, but whatever they whatever they had, they got to do better. I mean, that's just they well, weren't even in contention. This? They. You- if you step back and look at the the two riders, yes, they're very skilled riders, but they are like 27 feet tall. I call them the twin towers. I mean, I'm a veteran. I can make that call. So I just, I just wonder like, is it just as simple as they're very tall and they struggle to get down into a good streamline? I, I don't know, buy that. I really don't. don't. Okay. No, I don't All buy right. it. I mean, I'm sure it helps a little bit, but it's not, I mean, Max has won a mile. I think, I think Max has won OKC mile and, and you know you've have you have these big taller riders that that still do well on miles. Um, I'm not going to use that cop out or an excuse for, okay. for for the team. I honestly think the bikes look slow. Um, you know, last year they were able to draft people better than they were this year, um, just visibly watching watching that. So um, I think we're in an age, and maybe I've talked about this already, but. I think we're in a in an era where being a taller rider, I think, has more benefits than being a smaller rider, especially on a, on a DTX bike. I really do. I think leverage um, with these tires, you know, they spin the racetracks. I really think, you know, on a mile, I would still say you want to be a little bit shorter, but I um, no, yeah. I mean Trent Trent's so, not short, Dalton's not so short. So let me bounce this one off of you. So you, as you, as the DTX bikes have come into American flat track, the, we, everybody knows it. they've gotten taller and they've gotten taller. Do you think that that goes in line with where the taller riders have helped, uh, you know, with, uh, with geometry and chassis, or do you think, um, no, you don't think that, that the, the rider height and bike height are, uh, coming together? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I think just the way the chassis are, they're a lot different. I've seen riders set up these new chassis with the more lowered old school way of setting a DTX bike up. Kind of what I'm used to. We used to have lower bikes and we just used to set our DTX bikes up way different. But Mm -hmm. I just think, I don't think there's any way around that. Like the best DTX bike I've ever ridden is my KTM that I have in my garage right now. And it's pretty tall. Like I'm tippy toe both feet. So Um, but yeah, yeah. I I mean, it's something we could talk about. I mean, 
we'll look at that maybe through these results and in future weeks to come. But um, one rider that's not tall at all is Shayna. She got eight. Um, <laughs> I was expecting more from her just because I know how good her bikes are, but she had a mechanical in the first practice. And I know the backup bike is, is not, it's not up to, it's not what her, her good bike would have been. I, I'm, I wish we could have seen at least a practice session on it. Just, I wanted to see what she could do, but uh, for her too, she just got shuffled back. She was really far back in her heat, really far back to start off the main. And when, when you get kind of shuffled around there, packs start to break away and then you really just can't make up that ground. She just got stuck in a, in a pack of guys that they start drafting each other. And then the pack ahead gets away. And eighth was, I mean, it's not a bad result, but she's won Sacramento, I think four times. So she's probably a little bummed on that. And then going in. So is it true? Well, is with Shana, is it true that that bike that she hopped on the backup bike was actually set up for shorter tracks, like the, the, the half miles and and three eighths. I, I thought I saw that somewhere. Yeah. Um, but is it true that she was, I mean, she put a short track bike eighth on a sack mile is, it, do you know if that's true or not? Yeah, a hundred percent. That's, that's the okay. platform they had. And it's really not a big surprise. Could they got their program together like a day before the season started? They just don't have the, haven't had the time to, to kind of put together multiple mile package bikes. So they had, they had a good runner and yeah, had a mechanical, but it is what it is. I mean, you could cry about her. You could try and go out and put a result up. And I think one thing you'll see with Shayna, she doesn't really make excuses. She doesn't really whine about shit. She just kind of goes out and does does the best she can. So I, I thought that was, uh, I was pretty happy to see her yep. kind of move that far forward and, and get a decent result. And then Travis Pett, yeah, we talked about him last, last podcast. He actually reached out and, and he listens to the pod and, uh, I really like Travis, man. He's the little I know him. He's a, seems like a really nice kid. And he's actually my surprise of the season. He's really, yeah. I did not expect yeah. him to be up in the mix. I mean, he's, uh, he's in between, you know, you got Maxwell, Shayna, Travis, Cody cop, Morgan Mishler. I mean, he beat two, two factory riders essentially on a similar bike. You know, he's on a KTM and he's ahead of Cody on the Red Bull KTM. So not and sure. It, well, if you click on his name, if you go to his rider page, you should, it's obvious that that's like his high school picture. Oh shit. Yeah, it is. That's funny. 2004. That's, that's crazy. No, I mean, he's, he's doing really well. That was, this was a better main main event result for him. He's, he's coming around. He's actually, I don't know what, how fast their bike is. Obviously it's pretty fast. I don't know much about that might be, um, that might be the bike that Ott rode a couple miles last year. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about that bike, but dude, he, he rode really well. I, I didn't expect yeah. him to, to be in the mix with those guys on a track like this, but uh, hats off to, to Travis, dude, keep it, keep it going, get in the mix and, and keep that going. Cody, we talked about uh big bummer. That's probably his worst result. Probably yeah. in two or three years. Like, I don't know the math, but he straight up got 10th. Um, yeah, that was uh rookie season. Um, I think that's kind of where he was about on his rookie season. And since he got on KTM, uh, factory team, I don't think he's gotten like that. So it's, it's, uh, only one race. Um, just move on to the next. Yep. And Mishler, I was really surprised with, with, uh, Morgan being this far down on a Turner bike. I, I for sure thought the three Turner bikes would have been in the top five and, and he just was a little off all day. Honestly, he kind of rode around by himself there. Um, four, 4.4 seconds off the win. 
So obviously we don't talk to all these riders. We don't have all the insider knowledge on what happened. He could have lost brakes. He could have been sick. He could have been, you know, whatever. I'm not a big excuse guy, but I'm, you know, maybe there was something going on we don't know about, but at the end of the day, it just shows he got 11th. There's not a notes column that says why he got yep. 11th. So yep. 11th place points from, from Merg. He's a, obviously he's a great rider and he'll figure it out or the team will figure it out. But that was kind of, that was weird for sure. Especially because Trent and Chase were, were second and third and, and Morgan's won a mile. He won a mile last year on the, on the Turner bike. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how he rebounds. Declan Bender, three digit baby, three digit number. In the mix, not only did he get in the main, he actually rode pretty well in the main. If you look here, he yeah. had four, four of the riders uh, in the pack with him and his little pack of riders, and he got 12. So that's a good result. Declan, yeah. Result. I was uh, I was texting him uh, throughout the day, and he was <laughs> – earlier in the day, he hit like a false neutral – and about wet himself, but uh, he gathered himself, put it back together. And if you don't know Declan, he's he's super nice. He and uh, Olin are, um, you know, some of the nicer kids in the the pit area. And I was noticeably stoked whenever I saw him hard charging, not just to make the main, but to finish 12th. Uh, just good on you, Declan. Keep it going, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Solid result for, for Declan. He's, he seems to ride the big tracks pretty well. Um, and he's young, like he'll, he, I think he'll get better. So uh, good result for Declan, James Ott bummed with James uh, for sure. The bikes, the bikes were a little different. James to Chad, we're hoping to, to have that cleaned up and figured out for the next round. I know James is bummed with the, uh, with the 13th. He's been, he's been struggling these last few rounds, but I'm going to be at red mile and hopefully we can, figure out what's going on and we can get him back, uh, back up front. He's proven he has the speed and got a, got a podium at Sonoya and he's more than capable. That, that James is really impressive, uh, total rider. Like I'm really impressed with his work ethics and his mindset and how, you know, he really wants to succeed in this and puts in the work. So, um, that's something I got a lot, a lot of respect for. Uh, I'm going to move to Roos Evans. And I'll let you chime in Roos Evans with 14th. Uh, it seems like that's, I haven't checked his results, but he seems to be around this 10th through 14th, 15th range. Um, Aiden's a good rider, but yeah, yeah. yeah, like I said, there was a pack of four of them. They were drafting, they were 11 seconds off the, off the lead, but between Declan, James, Aiden and Hunter Bauer in 15th, who was on a Honda for the first time this year, they had a little, a good little battle going between those guys. Yeah, uh, speaking of Hunter, yeah, just yeah, the, he wasn't on that uh, uh, KTM this round. I know that um, the team that he was on last year, they're trying to piece it together this year, and so uh, it's good to see that he was able to at least hop on a bike uh, to continue uh, his his run this year and not have to go back to uh, O Canada. But it's good. Uh, it's good. Yep, on a bike you're not familiar with, you know, he made the main in a very, very tough class and got the points and just move on to the next round. And then moving on to another triple digit, Landon Smith, uh, yeah. got 16th, made it, made it in there. He was actually looking pretty dicey in that LCQ. Uh, and he gets in his first main event. 
Uh, he's too funny. I, I, some of his race reports we need, I need to hit him up and work on. I mean, (laughs) but otherwise I, I really like Landon. I obviously love Rob who's managing the team. And then I know his dad, Ronnie is putting a lot into that team and effort this year. So good on you, dude. Uh, keep putting in the work. This shit is not easy. Um, I definitely want to see these guys succeed, but I'm also going to be hard on them because, I just, I know what it takes to compete and it's hard. So you're in your first one, bro. Um, good job. Now, you know what it takes now do it again. Um, keep, keep it going. <laughs> we want to see new people up in the mix and yeah, I mean, it's, I like to see these kids in there, man. I want to see new, new people mixing it up. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually really, really stoked for them and I'm sure he can build on, on that result and, and, uh, and keep digging. Absolutely. And then at 17th, the jet, the jet. did the you jet. see, did you watch the writer introductions? I did. I felt like he was making eye contact with us. Like he knew he was like, Corey, Eric, I know you're watching me. This one's for you. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. He could have been thinking that, or he probably wasn't actually at all thinking <laughs> that, but it looks like he rode a really boring race around by himself at sack mile. He was about a second and a half off of Landon, but he was like four seconds ahead of the the other two riders. Um, man, I was probably boring as hell for Jared, yeah. but but getting his laps in, it was cool to see him up, and he was looking really good in in his qualifying race as well, and score some more points, man. So keep her going, Jet. Yep. You got you got some fans. Uh, Eric's a big fan. I you know I'm I'm still big unsure. Fan. I'm still unsure, but <laughs> nah, we're just. We're, we're just messing, but, uh, yeah, cool. Cool to get another main event, another mile main event. And then we have Tyler Raggio and Justin Jones rounding out the field. Um, so yeah, overall pretty, pretty good, exciting. Good. Uh, singles main was actually badass in retrospect to the, to the twins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that now, but that was definitely the takeaway. And, you know, moving over to the the twins, I think the implications of how that, that race um, ended, uh, who won and who didn't, I think is um, going to have lasting impacts on the season and the series versus that actual race where it kind of turned into a, a snooze fest. But I don't know, that's that's my hot take. Yeah, well, let's get into this. Uh, I wanted to talk about the rider count for singles. It actually still wasn't bad. There was 27. Um, obviously, it's not it's not what we see normally, but let's keep in mind the West Coast rounds always have lower turnout. So the singles turnout wasn't bad. I think we can work with 25 to 30 on these West Coast rounds. So it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a gimme to get in the main. Like they had to beat mm-hmm. some good guys. I mean, Zabala didn't make it. Uh, I think Terrence Santero didn't make it. There's some, some good riders that, that didn't make this main event. So, um, definitely wasn't a gimme. Sorry. I'm adjusting my microphone here. Uh, no, all it's right, all good. I think the, well, the more that they do West coast swings, obviously I'm very biased cause I'm out here, but now that they're having, um, multiple swings out this direction, I think if they continue as a series, that investment, uh, in this uh, part of the country, you're going to see the rider counts go up because there are talented riders. Um, it's just, you know, hard to get a team together when there's really not that many opportunities. So um, I think over, over the next few years, if they keep up, um, you'll see the West, uh, the West coast uh, numbers start to go up. So, yeah. 
All right, so our call-in for today is singles rider Chad Coase. Chad with the P4, pretty solid result, dude. I don't know if a lot of people were expecting that result, possibly from you or the bike. I mean, it's a Husqvarna. No one else is really riding them, and you went out there. Maybe I'm a little biased because I'm involved with the team, but I was confident and went out there and got a fourth, man. So talk about your expectations going into this and kind of leading up to it so people kind of know where you were at and where the team was at. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew what we were capable of. Um, I didn't necessarily know what the bike was going to be. I think that was a little bit of a question mark, but, um, I have a pretty good track record at SAC and miles in general. So, um, for my personal expectations, I, um, you know, expected to be up there battling for the win. Uh, fortunately we were, um, even more fortunately, uh, we had the bike to do it, which we showed and, uh, got to give a lot of credit to, Paul for putting in a lot, a lot of hard work on that and uh, gave us something capable of running up front. Um, that being said, with it being, you know, so close of a fourth, uh, not necessarily, you know, we're happy with the result, but uh, I mean, you can attest to we want more for sure. So uh, just kind of take these two weeks and see if we can work on some things. And uh, Kentucky kind of resembles Sacramento in a lot of ways. And, uh, I think there's some things we can do to maybe uh, put us even a little bit further ahead and some things I can work on to maybe put myself in a, uh, maybe a little bit better position to win. But I think overall it was, it was a great showing. And uh, with what we had, I think we, uh, we should all be happy with where we're at, but kind of keep plugging away at it. So Chad, this is Eric with, uh, with the setup for the bikes and, you know, you guys don't really have Husqvarna factory support per se on the team, but do you guys have mile bikes versus short track bikes? And um, had you put in any time in on, if you do have a, a mile bike, had you put in uh, any time leading up to this round on the mile package? Yeah, no, uh, honestly, not at all. And uh, that's another thing, you know, me and James, uh, we're very similar in, you know, stature, a lot of different riding styles and a lot of different riders um, in general. So our setups are actually quite a bit different, you know, as far as suspension, what we both like, like engine package wise. So this is the first time all year I've been on sort of like a, a full blown race motor, motor, you could say. So it was kind of the first time we got a taste of, uh, you know, what, what we could do as far as, uh, you know, a quote unquote mile build. Um, and I was happy with it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, uh, the team is just kind of working through some things like during the race day, we actually had a, a few little minor hiccups and they, they, man, it was great how well they took it and kind of kept plugging away. And, um, like I said, I think everybody's happy, but just for sure not content. And, uh, you know, hopefully, there's some things too that maybe my bike was a little bit different than uh, James's, and um, you know I think this week they're they're going to work on that, and hopefully we can can get James up there and and drafting with me because I think that'll be you know another another helpful little component because uh, you know the other Essenson and Honda guys they uh, they had you know kind of a partner in it all, so you know I don't know that that'll help, but obviously I want to see my teammate up there. You know I think he's capable and you know, I think our bikes are capable. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So to answer your question, it was kind of the first time I got to ride that engine and 
I'm happy with it, but yeah, I want to put it on top of the box because you know our team deserves that. Yeah, for those listening, uh, Chatty Boy's at the airport right now. That's why it sounds uh, you hear the background music. But um, <laughs> <laughs> tell everybody to shut the fuck up. You're doing a podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, so I kind of wanted to give the fans a little insight on how different mile racing is from riding a twin to riding a single. Uh, you know, you've you've ridden. You've ridden the twin at, at a competitive level. I, I think you've led laps, obviously, at uh, at Sacramento Mile. I want to say you've led laps in both twins classes. So, and now you're up in the mix all day on the single. What is the racecraft like? How's it different for the fans listening from a single and a twin? Oh, uh, it's a lot different, honestly. Um, I mean, it all kind of transfers over. Um, you know, once you have some experience on the miles, but it, it's different in each class. Um, honestly, like. In the, you know, super twins class, I, I've led laps there, and um, it's, I would say it's a lot more, it's it's more patient. Like you can kind of, um, kind of know what's going on. Um, the bikes are way different. How you ride them is way different. Um, the 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 opportunity to be able to like put down a couple fast laps and, and break away from somebody on a twin is is much easier. I would say, um, if you have a good pace, so. A uh, single is very hard to uh, to break away or you know to kind of drop somebody. So that's that's sort of uh, out the window on a single, um, you know, unless somebody makes a mistake. So, um, but yeah, no, sack has always kind of suited my style. It's sort of the same um, style dirt as Lodi, which I grew up on. Um, has some some good grip there. But yeah, I think that. The singles racing in general is, is going to be tight on all the miles. Um, I actually sort of anticipated even more riders in the lead group than we had. So we'll see at Kentucky how that plays out. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird riding uh, in the singles class. I mean, um, there's more, I'll say there's more experience now in it than there was, you know, in prior years. Uh, Corey, you could probably attest to it that it was, a little bit sketchy back in the day, but for the most part now, everybody's pretty smart. You know, the young guys definitely get sandy, but um, for the most part, they all have pretty good respect and uh, it's fun. I, I like, I enjoy racing um, on a single in the, in the, uh, on the miles because uh, it's just so competitive. And uh, I, I would like to use my experience to kind of put me ahead of these guys on one of these here coming up. So we'll see if we can do that. But uh yeah, it all transfers over once you uh once you get on the miles and different bikes that you kind of do different things, but overall it's pretty pretty similar. Chad, so one of the things that uh noted was noticed pretty early on is that uh going into some of the corners and exiting some of the corners, there was what seemed to be some a pretty abrasive bumps. Um was when you're going through those kind of the looser dirt areas, was it um pretty upsetting to the chassis and to the bike or was it kind of just superficial kind of walk us through um navigating um those areas of concern it seems like they got a hold of it uh you know throughout the day but at the very beginning it looked like some there were some some spots that were some problems yeah i don't know um it's it's hard you know when you're on the bike it's it's easy or as a rider it's kind of you know you you can navigate through some of that stuff but i would say like from a spectator standpoint it's hard to actually kind of notice like 
certain lines on the track that like you hit or you don't hit and it could be tenths of seconds in that mm-hmm. you know in your drive off the corner um it's actually super crucial like even on the straightaway there's little patches of loose dirt and you kind of have to look at that all day long and that changes um even when they sweep the track if, if, if a new hole develops like if you hit something wrong at the speed that we're going it, it, it can either upset the chassis really bad um which kills your drive or like if you hit a, one of those like loose spots coming off the corner um it definitely kind of slows you down so and uh, again there's with the lack of inexperience of some of these guys um i mean i kind of noticed that in the main too uh or I, realistically all day but um yeah i would say the holes this year at sack weren't so bad as far as like um you know worrisome to get through but if you didn't hit the right lines, you definitely notice certain times like, oh, man, I, I probably lost a couple of pence there. Or, you know, if somebody was in front of you and kind of screwed up, you could you can make up some time on that. So um, okay. it's it's mentally like taxing, like as, as easy, you know, as easy as it seems on a mile that you're just sitting there kind of like, you know, wide open. OK, rolling around, rolling around. Um, there's a lot going on, you know, it's not a short track yeah, yeah. where you're banging bars, but it's, it's a whole different animal as far as like what you have to do and the place you have to put yourself in order to, to be there at the end. So, um, but yeah, I would say as far as all the holes go, like it was more so like trying to make sure you pick through the right line rather than just being like overly rough. Okay. Good. What yeah, are I... you, um, sorry, I cut you off, Eric. What, nope. um, what are your thoughts on the guys you were racing with at the front? And then we'll let you go. We know you got to get to get a, get a flight, but the guys you were racing with at the front, um, namely Trent Lowe, we know he gets a little loose here and there, but how was everybody, <laughs> were they all on their best behavior? So, so, so to speak, like I didn't see anything that was overly, overly aggressive. I mean, a couple guys got drifted wide off the groove. I think it was Brunner or sorry, Brunner, Bruner. <laughs> Fucked his name up. Sorry, Trav. Uh, Bruner got pushed off the groove. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened, but I mean, it didn't look that bad, honestly. And yeah, I mean, when I rode there, shit, I got my legs sawed off. My, I had a broke a bone in my ankle. Like just, it was, it's definitely a different landscape in the singles now than it used to be, but talk about the riders and then follow that up with uh, who, who had a faster bike. Do you think the guys you were with, was it Essenson or was it the, the, the Hondas? Yeah, um, I think I think overall there's just a higher skill set all around um, than there was years ago in the singles class, um, and the equipment too. Like it's all the good riders are on the good bikes. So, um, and you know, I'm I'm I'll be the first one to say like if somebody's being sketchy or you know I don't necessarily like riding around this guy or that guy, but uh, I so far most of the season i think everybody's been you know it, and that's the thing we everybody's trying so hard and every the racing's so close that like there's gonna be aggressive riding um but i mean i was i was happy with how everybody rode uh there was a couple moves in the main um you know that i don't want I don't want to say aggressive, but they were necessary at the time to like move forward. So I think everybody rode pretty, pretty smart and pretty good for the most part. Trent seemed actually pretty smart in that race. I was surprised. I think he did a lot of things correctly. Um, I think he did a lot of things right to put himself in a good position to win. Tom was 
freaking ridiculously hard to pass. Um, Chase, me and Chase had a couple moments. Uh, once in the heat race, I think we talked about it, and, and uh, he uh, he seemed like he was good. Uh, he he came over after the main and you know asked if everything was good. We we kind of bumped elbows on the back straightaway, and it was nobody's fault. And I told him like, yeah, man, that was it was all good. Um, but yeah, Tom's really hard to draft. Trevor. Trevor's pretty smart too. I think Trevor and Trent are pretty smart. I think they'll be tough. Um, and yeah, Chase, he's just a little sender. So he'll, uh, he'll be up there. Um, and then as far as the bikes go, uh, different characteristics. I think that's the the weirdest thing is like, you have to kind of ride and, and time things differently when you're racing with the different bikes. It seems like the Honda guys, Ne- don't necessarily get through the corners as good but um they can really go down the straightaway and then uh the yamahas are it's like they're like a, a gyro effect it's like if they get their momentum built up and like go through the corners good it, it almost seems like the yamahas are even faster than the hondas down the straightaway so it kind of all depends which is why like these other miles are going to be interesting like to see different track surfaces um different grip, different style dirt, how it'll all kind of play in. But I think for the most part, what you saw at SAC, you know, those are kind of going to be the, the bikes and the main players. But, uh, you know, there will be a couple other guys mixed in there. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll learn some things and put ourselves out front because, yeah, like I said, being that close to uh, to being able to win and kind of sitting there, you know, I was there the whole time, kind of third, fourth, second at one point um and seeing it all go down like i want to be able to kind of control the race and uh and yeah see how that goes so a win is definitely in the cards and that's kind of what the goal is so uh one more follow-up before we let you go what's your what was your track like the grade of the track like a you know a b c d f like compared to and then compared to last year too like how would you have rated the track Compared to last year, it was an A+. Plus. Uh, <laughs> compared to, like, I don't think, I mean, that, which is not saying a whole lot because I don't think the track could have gotten any possible, like, any worse than last year. So, um, we've, ra- I mean, I've rode SAC many times. So, as far as, like, best Sacramento compared to worst Sacramento I've ever raced, I would say it was average. Uh, grip was pretty good. Uh, it seemed like in the main from like all the dust circulating around and like um it seemed like the, the groove kind of got a little bit narrower a little bit less grippy but that kind of happens there at sack in the main the daytime seems to always be really grippy so i would give the track a b uh I, you know i don't want to be too gracious because i you know hopefully they can always improve um but also i think it was pretty good with what they had uh i, I wouldn't be critical of it um with what you know, with the surface and the heat and everything, I think they did pretty good. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, overall pretty good. All right, man. Well, we'll let you catch this flight back to Florida. I know you got some beaches to lay out on and some, some, yeah. sh- some shit to do, <laughs> Rod, uh, appreciate you coming on dude. And, uh, yeah, that was some really good insight. It's like, you've uh, been doing this for a while and you know, I like it. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll discuss the strategy. Maybe, uh, Maybe have to put you out on a bike in Kentucky for a drafting partner. Or something. We <laughs> still got good. some tricks up our sleeves. So. <laughs> I'm good.
I'll let you let you boys take care of that. But yeah, man, I appreciate well, you. Cruz, maybe Cruz will be a big four fifty guy. Well, two fifty guy. Wasn't Ashley just out on the mile at the the amateur on Sunday? So, oh yeah. You know, there you go. Yeah, uh, uh, I already get shit for riding amateur races. The last <laughs> thing I need to fucking do is show up on a twin <laughs> in the open amateur class. That would just the place would burn down. So nah, I'm good. But we'll chat soon, man. Obviously, and yeah, thanks for coming on. Safe flight home. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'll talk All to right. you guys. Peace, Chad. All right. That was some good insight, dude. I, Chatty's good. He's he's got he he really like understands the sport. He's able to break things down and articulate what he what happens in the race, and you know, just kind of give some really valuable insight. Yeah, no, that was uh, really good insight as well. I hope uh, people that are coming up in the sport, I you know, I always like to try and uh, rope in the the kids that are coming up and trying to get them to learn. I think if you're you know wanting to learn and, and do a lot. I think Chad has a lot of good insight. Um, and yeah, pay attention. It was good stuff. All righty. Moving into the super twins. Um, so the exciting thing about the first mile of the year is nobody knows, nobody knows where they're at. There's been some mid season rule changes. There's been, there's new motorcycles out there. There's, you know, different riders up in this class. Nobody really knows or knew what to expect going into this and it kind of makes it exciting. I mean, even though there were 13 riders that finished, if you want to count the riders who were two or three laps down, um, nobody, you know, it, the rider count was low, but nobody kind of knew what to expect. And that kind of makes it exciting. Right. So going into this, uh, I guess I'm well, pretty surprised, honestly. So I'm looking here at the intervals. This is where it always confuses me. So you'll know when you look at uh, Casey Cisco, it says 22 laps. And then underneath that, off of that time, there's JMEC, who's 0.119. So did Casey, was he on the lead lap or was, was only 11 riders on the lead lap? So I'm looking at Casey's. I'm looking here at Casey's results and it looked like he had some sort of an issue because he was running 40 second laps. He ran some low 40 second laps and lap 14 on, he was in the 46 second range. So he might've burned out a clutch or something, but he's Casey's a pretty solid rider. There's no way he's two laps down without some sort of an issue. So, um, yeah. so yeah. And then McAllister, you look at he's a 41 five. Uh, the best lap for Jared is a 37 seven. I don't know, man. Again, I'm not trying to be that guy, but at what point is it sketchy? Um, I don't know. We'll talk about it later, but but uh, <laughs> let's go into the was there something else you want to talk about, or should we just go down the, res the results? We'll go down the results. All right, Jared Meese wins. Uh, Kind of surprised, honestly, after what we saw last year, nothing told me otherwise that Dallas or JD wouldn't be the guys to beat on this racetrack. Jared and Kenny, I know you give a lot of credit to Kenny Tolbert. He had months and months to figure out ways to make that bike faster, regardless of the restrictors and everything else that the Indian motorcycle is not allowed to to do they found a way to be competitive and as jared said on the podium multiple times and i agree with sacramento if you hit your hit your marks keep your 
kind of momentum going, you can kind of be rewarded with corner speed at Sacramento, especially when the corners aren't beat the shit like it was last year. Uh, and that was last year for me, it was frustrating. Cause like, cause of that, like I, you know, I try to have good corner speed and it was just, it was a desert out there. So you just, it's hard to get <laughs> rewarded for good corner speed, especially when you have, you know, the other riders are they're slow. The corners are slower and they have a faster bike down the straightaway. So Jared took the win. I thought, I thought he was a little bit in trouble there. He controlled every race leading up to the main event. He would pretty much whole shot and kind of control the race. But in the main event, he didn't get the, he didn't get the best start. And Dallas was there. Keep keeping him honest. And for a while, I thought Dallas like earlier on the day too, I'm like, man, he's sort of playing Jared. Like he's just waiting and waiting. Cause Dallas is really smart. He's young, but he's a smart rider. And then it got Very. to the point like, I'm like, Oh wow. No, no, he's, he just can't, he just can't keep up with him today. So it, it came evident, evident of that. Um, you can have the fastest bike in the world, but if you're spinning, you know, 20 bike links down the straightaway, you, when it starts to pick up speed, you have to turn. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, well, I, I thought one thing that was really cool is earlier in the day, you know, we were texting is Jared opened the door for Dallas, but he did it to where like, if Dallas was going to get around him, he had to go through the, the rough parts of, uh, those, the corner exits and, Dallas just couldn't do it or didn't want to. Um, and you know, that, that just shows Jared's class. He, um, positioned himself coming out of the corners where it's like, all right, it's yours for the taking if you want it, but you got to go through that now, not nonsense. So it was, yeah, it was, it was good racecraft. Yeah. Dallas, like I've, I'm a big Dallas fan, man. He's, he's just a really good, good racer. He just knows how to race well. And honestly, the only two riders who have beat Dallas this year is JD on the TT and Jared Meese. I mean, he's been first or second every single race, uh, regardless of what he's riding or whatever. It, that's not easy to be top two every race. So Dallas got second. Uh, JD, man, he was, I was surprised. Like he was not even really that close. I mean, his best lap was a half second off of Dallas's and seven and a half seconds behind the two leaders was JD and man, I don't know. I I'm a, obviously equally as big a, a JD fan as I am Dallas. I grew up with JD and he can do some really amazing things on a bike, but he's just, he's just getting beat right now. And I love how JD like just says how it is. And he's, he's really funny actually, but I'm sure he's little frustrated. Just he wants to get up in there and getting beat by your teammate most of the races, regardless of who it is, or if you like them or not, it, you know, it gets a little annoying and frustrating. So, uh, and JD's it's very, probably, very motivational. It's pro so yeah, it's, it's, it's probably like getting beat by your sister, uh, <laughs> all the time. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little bit, honestly, when she was beating me that singles year, it was like, wow. All right, Shay. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So JD was a little off Colby, man. I was super impressed yeah. and super awesome. pumped for my team. Even, uh, me and Amber were like, yeah, dude, that's good for J or, uh, good for LJ and John, you know, just seeing my old team have success in this class. And I honestly wasn't, wasn't surprised at all. I mean, when that bike is good, it's good on these miles. If there's any sort of grip or rubber, you can latch onto, it's, it's, it's a really fast bike when you get it turned and he rode it very, very well. So, um, I thought I think, he had it. Go ahead. Well, one of the, and, and you know, this, cause we talk a lot and I, 
I do a lot of like reading and, and uh, research into the mentality of, you know, an athlete or someone that's, you know, very good at a job. And when Colby was talking in his race report about how, you know, he was overcoming, um, you know, kind of the funk that he's been in, he's had a string of, you know, bad injuries and stuff. And for him to uh, do that, you could you could read it in between the words on his post that it was just like the monkey off his back and um, you know, each round lately, he's been getting better on this bike. And uh, so I, you know, I was going to reach out to him and ask him about that. Cause I, I just wonder if the mentality of it has been kind of holding him back, you know, you kind of racing inside your head and then you have that one round where, you know, it just all clicks and you get out of the funk and you can start riding and, and performing like you used to. So I'll have to hit him up about that one. Yeah. I mean, aside from that, like he, he rode the bike really well. Like I have a lot of laps on that bike and, and watching him ride it, he looked really, really good, really smooth. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see like red mile, that bike was, it was really good at red mile when I rode it as well. Like I've, um, I think I had, I won red mile one year, but we had, we had some, I think seconds and thirds and stuff, but yeah, cool for him to get in the mix. That's somebody new up in the top five, which is, is cool. Like we need that. We need that parody. It keeps the races interesting and it's cool to have like a privateer Yamaha go head to head with uh, JD beach on that, on that essence bike. So good job, Kolb. Uh, keep that going. I definitely think there's some races coming up where that bike can still, can still do really well. And, um, yeah, I was hoping, hoping for that, that kind of Sacramento we had this year, last year, I think it would have changed maybe the outcome of the season for me, but Generally, it was uh, it was cool to see them guys do well. Uh, B Rob in fifth, he was I think he was P one in that first practice, but I mean he was just yeah I mean just didn't it didn't seem like they had the straightaway speed that I thought I thought that bike like Ben Evans and Jerry Stinchfield and they they do a really good job with what they can do on those Indian motorcycles and it just didn't seem like he had any more than what what that was he didn't really he was right there with JD and Colby, but he wasn't even, couldn't even come close to drafting by him or, or anything else. Yeah. So, um, it was good for, for B Rob to get a full race in without another crash or an injury, or he's had a tough, tough go this year. So fifth place, uh, but, but yeah, moving on and slowly getting healthy from all of his previous crashes is, is good for B Rob. I, yeah, he was what? Yeah. Three seconds off of Colby. And then, uh, you know, I had Davis a second off of him. So kind of like we're talking about in the singles, it might've been a pretty boring race for him there for at least at the end of the race. No, he was, B-Rob was only, he was only three tenths off of Colby. Oh, three tenths. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. I You're not great at math, man. Huh? I better stick to, no. uh, Better stick to whatever you do some sort of, what do you do? Airplane stuff or something. <laughs> yeah. Airport planning. You airport want to do a planning. whole podcast on that? Yeah. Yeah. We, we can. Yeah. We'll, we'll put that on the, on the <laughs> schedule, but uh, Davis Fisher, Davis is uh, really good on these tracks, but yeah, again, just didn't have, didn't have anything more than a sixth. He was right there with B Rob at the finish. He you know, less than a 10th of a second. Um, moving on to Briar. Briar had some mechanical issues in the main event. He was having a lot of trouble shifting it, uh, false neutrals. I think he crashed because of the shifting thing in practice or qualifying. Um, had a lot of issues. He was way better than what this result shows. He won the won the yeah. heat race. Um, without any of those issues, I think he could have been, well, I'm 
pretty certain he could have been in that that pack of three at the front, Jared and Dallas. His lap times all day kind of prove that, but growing pains, man, on this KTM. Well, it's just hard to in get the dash. Time. You you mentioned in the dash, and we we're texting. It looked like he got bumped off the start, or was that not anything to do with it? Because it, then he like looked down and nah, his I don't bike, know, looked, man. Like, uh, yeah, they had some okay. uh, some mechanical issues with the bike that he was kind of muscling through all day and just. But he was kind of, I mean, in his 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 own words, he was kind of worthless out there in that main event. He just couldn't <laughs> couldn't do what he wanted to do. Um, but he was. Yeah, I mean, he showed flashes of speed. I think if you'd be really naive to look over Briar for this next mile and not mm-hmm. think that they'll Dave Zanotti and Michelle are going to figure out that issue. Um, going down, you had Brombo on another KTM. Brombo, was he in the LCQ again? Was there an LCQ? No, there wasn't, was there? No, no there, there was, was only... but they cut it. They cut oh, it. <laughs> okay, okay, they cut it. All right, I was going to say, to Bronson, did he win another LCQ on us? Dirty dog, but no, he, <laughs> he uh, finished eighth. Uh, before we go on any farther, I want to shout two sponsors. Uh, we'll keep this rolling. I got to got to shout these sponsors out to keep the pod going. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Check out their website, yamahamotorsports.com. Blue Crew, baby. Motorcycle, ATV, side-by-side, snowmobile, and power products. Yamaha revs your heart. They had three Yamahas in the top four at SAC. So that was a pretty good day for Yamaha. And Yamaha took the win in the singles class as well. And I want to give a shout out to Moto America. Barber Motorsports Park is this weekend, May 19th to 21st. Come on out, hang out. Come over and see me. I'll be over on the Mini Cup track. Definitely, if you're anywhere in the area, buy tickets. If you can't be there, subscribe to their Moto America Live Plus package for all the action. They do an amazing job with, with the live coverage. And yeah, appreciate it, those, those two sponsors for, for keeping us going. Uh, you want to shout out 9th and 10th? Yep, Ben did uh pretty good i was uh what was it earlier in the day he was up top uh doing some uh some hustling it was good to see ben up there jared i you know i did another one that just kind of looked off you know throughout the day just didn't have the speed um that everybody else did that was on the indian um you know i don't i don't know exactly that nothing stood out to me it's like ah they're missing this they're missing that but I, yeah that that Indian just didn't look uh, didn't look like he was having a good day. Yeah, well, shit, dude, he was he was fast qualifier in the first qualifier. I'm look here. Yeah, Ben Lau on the top top step of the qualifying. Yep. Him and Colby were kind of drafting each other, and and Ben popped up the top, dude. That was I sent him a message. I was like, dude, that was sick. So, uh, that was but just cool, just didn't translate over in the in the races. Like I've said before racing a main event uh or racing the racing in the in the on a mile is way different than than qualifying so um but no ben's great i mean he's a good rider i'm a big big ben believer and uh yeah i think he'll he'll keep learning do better but yeah i mean him and him and vanderkoy our next guy they were just a little a lot of it off honestly they're 19 seconds off the leaders i was very very surprised with vanderkoy i didn't talk to jared again it's not fair for us to just assume that whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just, it's, he's just not, I mean, Jared Vanderkoy is uh, a main event winner in this class and he's had, I think he had that podium at Daytona, but otherwise he's just been a little bit of a struggle. I see one lap here in the main event where it's like lap 16, he had a 40 second, 40 and a half second lap. And then he went back to doing 38. So 
maybe he had some issues that we don't know about, but 10 for, for JV, um, going down, Nick Armstrong was cool to see him, him out there. He builds his own bikes, does his own program. He managed an 11th. And then we have Cisco who I'm certain Casey Cisco had an issue with his bike. Um, you know, yeah. he's, he's not a two lap down kind of guy for, for what that is. Uh, Jimmy McAllister. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say Casey, uh, his results. I mean, if I'm, we're being honest, his results this year have not been far off of what um, Rispoli's was when he was on the, the Harley Davidson. So, uh, you know, Casey's not doing terrible on that bike. It's just, you know, you're asking a lot out of the Harley Davidson. And so I agree that he, he's not a two lap down rider. Um, but I'd, yeah, I'd be interested to see what happened. Jimmy McAllister, 13th. Um, good job. Going the 14th, we have Scooter Vernon. I think Scooter had some issues. He didn't finish the uh he didn't finish the main event, but his lap times were were not bad. I mean, Scooter's Scooter's obviously better than than that as well. I mean, he it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know how many races he's doing, but it wouldn't surprise me to see him kind of get up in there near or close to the top 10. I'm sure he'll do uh Rasselcock and um the chip. <laughs> I don't know if he'll do all those all those events or not, but yeah, Scooter. Scooter's underrated. He's a, he's a good rider. And then man, the Royal infields, no show in the main event. Um, I think they both had mechanical issues. I don't know if all their shit had issues to be fair. They are running air cooled bikes and it's, it's very hard to, I'm sure they're pushing those, those suckers to the limit. Um, but it's just a bummer. Like we all, we only had 16 riders and then, you know, two those two didn't show up. Scooter had an issue McAllister and Cisco, they were lapped twice. I mean, by the end of the race, the field was like not not anyone out there. So it's no the rider count thing really hurts on these on these twins. It's, so you know. I, I I'm gonna get burned alive at the stake for this, but damn it, I'm gonna dive into it. You know, everyone likes to jump on the train of rider count, you know, and and we do here. We we get wrapped up up and we say rider count, rider count, rider count. But on the flip side of that is quality. And I am not in a position to talk about, does that person need to be out there? But as a fan, I can say that I scratch my head and I say, why the hell does this person have a pro license? So we can cut this part out of the podcast or we could dive into it. But I just think at a organizational level, we need to do a better job of allocating pro cards. And it, it touched about it before is it does get dangerous when you're lapping people multiple times on a mile going over 130 miles an hour on a track that isn't as perfect as Springfield. Um, not only is it dangerous and could af- affect the outcome of the race, but it's also dangerous and could affect the outcome of that lapped rider getting thrown off into a, an air fence or, you know, having some other problem. So I, I just, I knew that this day was going to come when we started out on the West coast round, but all season long, we've been having, um, more of a quality 
concern than quantity concern, where in kind of the years leading up to this, it's been quantity. But I, I don't know. I would be very interested to get your take as someone who has come up through the ranks, gone from being in the back to winning championships, had a long, you know, successful career. Um, and you know a lot of these riders. What what is your take as we look through these races and we see the same thing? The last four or five people out there are significantly below and getting lapped multiple times. Trust the process. No, no. I speaking <laughs> of that fucking Sixers, dude. I it's another topic, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I I find it hard to believe a few years back, Rich King, he was denied a pro license. Um, I find it hard to believe that, you know, Ronnie, it was like jumping through hoops for Ronnie Jones to get his license at whenever he wanted to get it. Um, they've made it difficult for some of these riders to obtain licenses, but yeah, we have riders that are legitimately getting lapped, uh, two, three times in these main events. Uh, so yeah, it's not a knock on anyone's personality or whatever, but no, um, the thing is though, you, you mentioned it's not a quantity problem. It's a quality problem. It's both. So I think they go hand mm -hmm. in hand. We don't have a quantity. So we are just trying, we don't want to send anybody home because we already have, I mean, we have, there's no one out there. So I will say that the field this year, it's been very unpredictable. Uh, I thought some guys would do better who are struggling. There's some guys at the front who, you know, they're up in the mix sometimes that I didn't think would be that far up. You know, you look at Briar and Bronson, they're developing these new bikes. They're way better riders than finishing seventh and eighth. Like, let's not forget how good Bronson is as a rider. He is a very yep. talented good rider. Um, and he's getting eight through 10th every weekend. Vandercoy has been struggling a little bit. Briars, you know, he's one of the most talented riders I've ever seen. And yeah, I think there's, it's a quantity and a quality issue. Uh, we've talked about it before. You know, I've said, I don't think these singles riders could move up and crack, you know, crack toward the front, but I almost changed my opinion. Um, I think on a good twin, you know, the field, it's just unpredictable right now where anybody that's a good rider can maybe get on a good bike, have a good day and finish in the top five. So, um, yeah. And you have one or two guys break and then fuck, then you're really, you know what I mean? Like we're looking at these results. None of the top guys even had a mechanical. Imagine if like, let's just yeah. say JD and B Rob had a mechanical, you'd have guys that aren't finishing races, finishing 10th or better. So yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, it's something that you can definitely debate, but I, uh, yeah, I think it's something that they need to mm. kind of look at for sure. On a safety standpoint, when you're going 20 mile an hour faster down a straightaway, I've been in those situations where production twins was very similar. Like the top five, six riders in production twins were really good riders. And then some of the riders in the back were just getting in and, you know, we're lapping guys halfway through the main event and, I'm like running into them. Um, it gets a little, gets a little sketchy, but, uh, there wasn't any sketchy moments. Like they navigated that well, but yeah, it's mm -hmm. just something we, uh, should probably look at maybe moving forward. Um, Interesting. 
Right. Well, I guess that's it. There were no other classes because there, you know, the the showcase, what the fans come out to see, there were no hooligans, there were no BTR girls. So we had to run the the <laughs> JV squad cool. out there twice. Yeah. So uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird seeing only two classes. Um I I was like looking down on my phone, I was like, oh shit, we're already up for the the you know the writer introductions and stuff. But like the day, obviously it probably didn't for the teams and everybody was there, but from a spectator standpoint, like it just like went by so fast. Like, oh shit. Well, it's good we're not throwing out hooligan riders and BTR girls <laughs> on a mile, to be honest. Like nothing would surprise me with with AFT well, if, we, if we would do it. I mean it's well, J Mac won the hooligan on Sunday. So he got second. Technically, you are. I yeah, we were somebody just texted me and they said no, J Mac won, Raggio got second. So, you know, technically, you know, we can claim J Mac now. So he's ours. So all right. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Um points for for singles. Cody is 14 points ahead of Dalton. Max and Chase are tied in points. They're not that far off, man. 22 points behind Cody. Trevor is another eight points behind Chase, and Trent is 15 points behind Trevor. I mean, you look at, like, for Trent, if he wouldn't have had the DQ at Daytona and he would have just finished Arizona, he'd be probably third in points. Um, yeah, it's, like, the points actually are way closer than I thought, and they're pretty pretty close all the way down to Mishler. I mean, there's still a lot of racing left. Cody definitely needs to get, I mean, with two more miles coming up, he needs to get his shit together, or I'll say that the team needs to get their shit together uh, and, and get these, get these KTMs a little bit quicker. But yeah, I think we still have a wide open championship. I really do. I think it's hard to predict anything the rest of the year. Cause Dalton's bike actually, it was faster, I think, than the, the factory bikes. And that's not what they needed to see or what people probably expected. Yeah. What What's the point difference between first and second? Is it three or four? No, it's 14 because Cody won. No, Ventura. like, uh, oh, for like how you shit. They changed it. I think it's 25, yeah. 21. It used to be 25, 20. Now it's 25, okay. 21. Um, like I say on this pot a lot, it definitely pays to win. I mean, if somebody wins, if any of these riders in the top eight win three out of the next four races, mm-hmm. whoever it is, you're going to be like, Oh shit, we're in the mix. You know, that's why like, I, I tell Trent, I'm like, dude, if you can win some of these races, you might surprise yourself where you're at in points here, middle of the season, because it's uh yeah, you're not that far off, you know, it's, it's far, but it's a couple wins really changes everything. So uh, let's go to super twin points. Uh, while I'm doing that, I want to make sure we shout out Dunlop Power Sports. I'm sorry, Dunlop Motorcycle Tires for everything they're doing for the sport. 19-inch, 17-inch flat track tires, off-road street. Check out their website, DunlopMotorcycleTires.com, the official tire of American Flat Track, official tire of Moto America. Dunlop Power Sports, that's a new one. Uh, <laughs> thank them for for everything they do and, and keep the sport. Uh, they do a lot for amateur riders. They have a team uh, team Dunlop Elite. They They do a lot. I mean, they're they're really committed to more than just selling tires in this sport. So appreciate Dunlop. And I'm a dealer. If you guys need tires, hit me up. I got, I got tires. So a little C-Tex plug, but going to this point, uh, super, super twins. Dallas still has 20 points on me. Um, that's what happens when you get first or second, every race, you, you do good in points. <laughs> so 
uh, <laughs> Dallas, Jared, 20 points behind. JD, you would think he'd be way farther back, and he's 44 points, but it's not that far back um, with all these races left. And then Breyer's 107, uh, Davis 97, B-Rob 87, Vanderkoy still, still right in there. He could pass a few guys if he starts riding uh, a little bit better on some of these tracks. Bronson. Ben Lau, ninth in points, one point ahead of Colby in 10th. The battle right now is Vanderkoy to Colby. That's only, it's four riders separated by eight points. So, yeah, a lot of season left, man. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun to watch how that unfolds. I think, um, I, you know, called them out on the, the last podcast, but after the, um, this last weekend with the, the one millimeter, it, it definitely made for, um, a lot more parity between the bikes. Um, and so the string of miles coming up, uh, it's going to be a race to the finish. I think obviously the top two are separating themselves, but that's still an exciting battle. Yeah. What else do we got, man? Anything else we can talk about? I want to make sure we shout out Indian motorcycle for supporting the podcast since 1901. Indian motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules, go test ride a motorcycle, find a dealership near you. I know they're, they're just grinding the the whole Indian motorcycle team. They they got Jared Misa win. They have Tyler Hare and the Baggers, Jeremy McWilliams, big supporters of Super Hooligan Racing, and much much more. Uh, shout out Indian motorcycle. What else we got? Anything else, man? I mean, I don't. Well, you talked about it uh, at the beginning, but you never said, "Did you win over the weekend?" Did I win? Yeah. Did you win? Oh, did I win the practice? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I think. You won the practice? Okay. I think I did, to oh, be honest. Oh, so it was just a practice? It wasn't a... Okay, I thought you raced. No, dude. I don't race anymore. I'm retired. So I only race amateur. Okay. I only race amateur showcase events. Um, it wasn't an amateur showcase. So I don't mess around with the uh, mm. the other events. I just go for the, go for the amateur. Big yeah. amateur races because I'm trying to prepare for amateur nationals. I I've uh, wrote a letter to Ken Salant and... At the AMA, I'm trying to get a provisional to race amateur nationals because it pays so much money. And, you know, I'm I'm trying to, you know, just take take a paycheck from these kids. Um, so that's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny when I, good. I I heard that rumor. That was I was like, oh, I can make money racing amateur. Sign me the fuck up. I don't care. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's why I have my son uh, going to grands just so I you know can get another paycheck. So I live yeah. vicariously through him. Yeah, no, it was fun though. I did Square Deal is a sick racetrack. I, I had a lot of fun. It was I learned a lot, had a lot of fun. Um, but <laughs> no, I got mini cup this weekend, so another big weekend we, uh, on the road course. So that'll be a lot of work, but excited for for that. That'll be really cool. We got to uh, work together to coerce Brian from AJ Cycles to uh, prep that trumpet for Hagerstown. I'll fly in and uh, I'll race it. And we'll do a uh, a tank slapping uh, shootout. If I'm on the lead lap, I win the race. So okay, that's, we'll that's just hand it to you. That's the stipulation. <laughs> I mean, it's my race. Yeah, I can yeah. make whatever role I want, I guess. But I don't. I don't know how people would feel about <laughs> it. But yeah, Brian definitely. He's a he's actually a sponsor of the event. AJ Cycles. He's the sponsor of Hagerstown Flat Track. So if you guys are looking for a badass racetrack and some good racing to check out Hagerstown, Maryland, August 25th, 26th presented by mission foods. And I want to give another shout out to 
uh, we have a, a big race coming August 19th, the Mile High Showdown, IMI Motorsports Complex in Erie, Colorado, $1,500 pro hooligan purse. Dave, Dave Kilkenny is the, uh, the Kenny Roberts, uh, of this, of this event. So you might not even want to show up if you're a hooligan rider because Dave, true. Dave just wins. He's just, all he does is win, win. So what is he? Triple, he, triple, triple winner. He's, uh, he's coming to, uh, grands as well. So he's, uh, he's going to do the mile with me. So it'll be fun. He's going to ride with you like on the back or in a sidecar or. Yeah, two up. No, we're uh, we're both gonna put in and, and ride the uh, Decoin Mile that day, so be good. Shit, man. Uh, yeah, we got Red Mile coming up. Decoin. We have. We'll do some. We'll do another interview pod probably prior to that. We'll. Uh, I had like I said, I have a list of people here. I've been trying to trying to get a hold of. If you guys have any recommendations, let me know. Let me know. We'll uh, try and get them on the pod. Uh, I did have Brett Landis hit me up, who was a. Uh, for those that don't know that just got into racing, he was a really well-known and fast rider in the nineties. And he's like, I don't know what I would talk about. I'm like, dude, you were teammates with Ricky Graham. Like you've won nationals. You were, you know, I'm like, I, I want Brett Landis on the pod. I have a really cool Brett Landis youth t-shirt that my buddy Scotty Taylor gave Cruz from, uh, from flat track flashback and, and cruzy wears a he's sporting a brett landis tee from like the 90s and <laughs> every time i see it i'm like dude i want brett landis on the pod so anybody that knows brett hit him up and and get him to convince him to come on the pod he'd be a good one uh but, um, that um podcast you did with uh oh shit Never mind. You can add that out you can edit this out i totally blanked on it so no, never I mind keep going I, with the one with posh or what yeah yeah i I, saying, I think I'll, i hinted it yeah i said we uh we have a posh episode coming that's uh okay well we can it's a pretty just good edit one. all this out yeah we'll just nah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll cut that out so why we're letting we're on the fly we're unfiltered i rarely all right, touch fun. you gotta right. say something fudge well up. i just didn't know because of like the timeline of like when stuff comes out it's like, oh, oh it'll come know. out i don't know either before or after this but that's episode okay. 137 this is 138 so the posh episode oh. Yeah, that's I'm excited for that. Get Brandon. He's a really good friend of mine. And yeah, that that was a really good interview. So if you haven't yet, uh give our interview pods a listen. Like they're they're definitely really cool. It's a different form of podcast. It's a little bit less, or I would say more formal. Um, this is definitely less formal, but you know, these these rewind shows are fun. And I appreciate everybody's feedback on them too. Like I just I shouted out on social. I'm like, you guys even listen to these fucking rewind pods? I mean, it says According to the listener numbers, we we get the listens, but um, the, the feedback is always appreciated. You know, we we like the feedback. So um, yeah, no, it'd be cool for uh, the the Brandon Posh uh, podcast. You know, he being my uh, Triumph Factory teammate. Uh, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> good. I'll be. I'm interested to see uh, what kind of insight he has. Uh, but, and he needs to get back on a flat track. I know the last time he did, he destroyed Dalton Gautier's bike, but you know, maybe you can come. Well, back the here. last time he did, he destroyed his own bike or somebody else's bike. Uh, another rider from Florida, he, uh, wadded up her bike and got, had to go to the hospital. And then he went to, yeah, he destroyed oh Gautier's God. bike. He's, I think he's retired from, from flat track. I did have a question actually. <laughs> I think I sent it to you from a listener on Instagram and it was kind of related. It's actually really long winded, but, um, uh, how do I even word this? I guess he was, he was confused at us being critical of the rule changes and the restrictions put on 
the Indian motorcycle and, you know, cause quote unquote in his, uh, and we appreciate you listening. I appreciate the feedback as well. Um, I, I wrote back in the message and I, I think I just said like, you couldn't be more wrong, but that I, I didn't mean it like in a way where, um, like I didn't appreciate it, but I, you know, cause they, the argument is the Indian motorcycle is still winning. You know, it's, it's still winning races. Jerry Meese is still winning championships where he won last year. So, you know, the formula should be correct is what some people are thinking. And I just, that's a rabbit hole we mm. could get down, but I just disagree. Like, I think, I think Jared and when Briar was on the Indian, they're winning in spite of the, I mean, it's not like what they did to the Indian motorcycle made it better. It definitely made it worse. And it's what, what they've allowed for the Yamahas, you know, they, it made them better. <laughs> so it's that not like- video that Briar, uh, shared recently that where he like spliced Red in, mile. uh, yeah. Yeah, where he was just like going so slow, and are those the other cars? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like that, and that that is why they had to go in and change. Yeah, so yeah, and I I think if I don't know at this point, I think they should uncork them. I, I don't like the restrictor word. I don't like I don't like TC. I I think I say uncork them, but I also I don't like TC. Like I don't think traction control is viable. It's fine for the Essendon guys because they have the budget and the resources and the the personnel to make it happen. But like Colby doesn't have TC um, where, and, and on some of these racetracks, the slippery ones, it makes a big difference. Like look at where those bikes are compared to the other brands on tracks that don't have a lot of grip. I mean, it's a, it's noticeably different. Yeah. Like in what world would you think the Yamaha would be running with the Indian motorcycle on tracks like, um, like Ventura and Sonoya. And, and like I said, it's, it's not a knock on the riders. Dallas is badass. JD is badass, but yeah, I just All wanted right, to so, address that question for sure. So, well, let's crack into that. So Mr. History buff, um, prior to this Indian getting restricted, what's the, um, the footprint of a, you know, AMA or American flat, flat track ever, uh, restricting other bikes, you know, have they, have they restricted other bikes before they restricted the Indian? Yeah. I mean, you know of? yeah, for sure. I mean, you just okay. look on Facebook, any, any, any picture of an RS 750, everybody, you know, chime, they chime in about, you know, restrictions placed on that motorcycle and mm -hmm. they've played around with Harley restrictors over the years. I mean, I'm not, okay. I know history, um, with the sport, but I'm not, I'm not like Burt Sumner or even like Sammy Sabedra. That guy's or, awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, both those guys. I love their insight. It's like, how do you know this? I just, I get so much uh, enjoyment out of their guys. Uh, yeah, I'm not much of a stuff, stat so, yeah. guy. Like, I'm more, um, like, I like to break down racecraft and riders' personalities and and mental mental side of racing. But they actually, and they're older than me, um, a little bit. They can they can dip back in the '80s and '90s uh, a lot better than I can. And um, when I when I was growing up in the '90s, I was just running around at the track with my dad, not paying attention to who was winning. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean, I, if you go on Bert's website, actually, there's, there's some really, really good info. Um, it's dairylandclassic.com and he has a timeline. It's called AMA timeline and you can go on there. He's done a really good job compiling all the info of like the point structure. Like I'm looking here at 1972 the point structure was, you know, it was, uh, they were points are awarded based on event purse. So, uh, 
it's actually now I'm reading this really kind of confusing how they did it back then, but uh, yeah, you, you go down and it shows you just different things like who won what, who was on the factory teams. I mean, 1972 Dick Mann and John Cooper were factory BSA factory. Harley was Bart Markell, Mert Lawwell, Cal Rayborn, Dave Sell, Bochamp, Brelsford, both Brelsford brothers. Uh, I think they were brothers, Scott and Mark. So they've had a lot of, a lot of info on here. There's a lot of factory riders back in the day. Suzuki, BSA, Harley, Triumph, and Yamaha. That's kind of cool. Anyway, you can go on here at his website and, and look up a lot of info uh, and actually get your facts right when you're talking on Facebook. I know people struggle with that. So, you know, this would be a, a good source of, uh, it was kind of cool. One, we were, uh, there was an argument or something back in the day, not back in the day, maybe a couple of years ago. And, and Bert chimed in. He's like, when I saw Corey's name on here, I knew he was, he was, uh, it was credible info because I know he reads my website a lot. So, uh, I always try to, <laughs> always try to do, you know, check my, check my sources for I, well, yeah, it'd be good. Uh, I'll go back and look and see kind of how all the manufacturers did before and after some of those restrictions. And I just, I, you know, we're hard on them, but I think ultimately there's good parody, especially after this past weekend. So, um, it'd be, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there's actually a whole section here on restrictors in like 1987. Um, oh, nice. 19, yeah, they talk about uh, they shut down in-house factory team due to budget cuts, which is like 86. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of like, I mean, I could sit here while I'm listening to the pod and go through all this stuff, but there's definitely a lot of a lot of information right here uh, that you can find out about restrictors. And I just want to see, I just want to see everybody on very similar bikes let the best man win or best rider win. So it's just something that I hope we can get back to, but yeah, good pod, man. Good rewind. I, yeah. I'm, I'm missing these American flat track races. It's been, I haven't missed this many races and man, I don't even know if ever, like I I've, I've been going these races my whole life and I've missed like four in a row now. So I'm back in business at the red mile. I'm excited to see everybody. Um, hopefully, hopefully I haven't pissed off too many people on the pod I go to red mile and everyone's like jumping me in the pits, but no, it was, it's, uh, it's been, it's been tough being away and I'm excited to get back to it. Um, want to shout out everybody that supports the podcast, like it or love it, trying to give you guys content to listen to, whether you agree or don't agree, just appreciate everybody that listens, click, they click that like button. They, they subscribe, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Appreciate you, man. Taking time to yeah. come on middle of the day. Uh, I'm actually going to see Robbie Bobby this weekend. He is actually going to Barber. Landon Smith's actually riding the Junior Cup, which is really cool. Ooh. We have a dirt tracker in the Junior Cup. We also, I saw on the entry list, I, I get the entry list, and I saw that uh, Carson King, uh, Illinois. Oh, really? He's also in Junior Cup. So awesome. got some, uh, if you guys uh, want some some racing to watch this weekend, you want some dirt trackers to cheer for, check out Moto America. Barber, we have bunch of uh, obviously Hayden Gillum. We have a bunch of, I'm, I'm missing probably a bunch, but a bunch of dirt trackers in Moto America. So to be cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap, man. Until next Good time. Pod. Yeah. Appreciate all you guys. And uh, we out. <laughs>